what is urge surfing and how do you do it? Welcome back to the Therapy for Real Life podcast. I'm your host, Anna Lindbergh-Cedar, and I'm really happy to be back with you today because we are going to talk about the DBT skill, urge surfing. I know when I first heard of urge surfing, I thought it sounded like the coolest thing in the world, and I was really curious to find out what it was. And after having practiced this skill uh, over the course of nearly a decade now since I've been using DBT, I, I think that it fully deserves the street cred that um, comes to mind when you hear urge surfing. So let's talk about it today and find out more about it. Urge surfing is one of the crisis management skills that you might learn if you're doing dialectical behavior therapy skills training. As we've talked about on the podcast before, uh, we use um, self-care strategies on the show, and basically we're translating ideas and concepts you might hear about in therapy, and then we'll think about how you might use those on your own. So of course, if you want to know all about urge surfing, and if you have really intense urges, which we'll talk a little bit more about today, uh, just know that the best place to really get a sense of urge surfing is in conversation with the therapist so that you can talk about your individual situation and the best self-care strategies uh, that you can use. We are not going to talk about um, a lot of triggering content today, but um, even just hearing the word urge, uh, if you do have any really strong urges um, or feel that you're in crisis, feel free to contact local crisis resources. You can even Google crisis resources near me, dial 911, or use the crisistextline.org to get immediate support. Today, we're going to talk about urge surfing in the self-care framework. So knowing what your stresses are and how you might react to stress in your life, we're going to look at ways that you can take care of yourself when a strong emotion hits you. So urge surfing is uh, something that you might learn after learning a bunch of different DBT concepts. It's really our chance to kind of mishmash them all together um, and play with them. So it's a good time to reflect on things that we've talked about in the podcast before and um, some basic ideas that we want to carry forward as we talk about urge surfing. Urge surfing is really a mindfulness skill, and it helps us pay attention to old patterns and routines and behaviors that we have, some of them we may like or not like. And urge surfing allows us to channel mindfulness to see when triggers arise and when we might be tempted to react in the same old way that we have in the past. Um, And urge surfing gives us a way to surf that urge and look at alternative practices. 
And what the research has shown us is that urge surfing is really effective. Um, it's effective in the way that exposure therapy is effective or emotional response prevention therapy is effective. It's training you. It's building your, your muscles and your attention to change your, beha- your behavior and your habits um, in a way that for adults is pretty hard to do. Um, unless you are very intentional and um, create the structure that's going to support you. So urge surfing has been found to be helpful for folks who are trying to surf urges uh, like uh, substance use or self-harm. Self-harm could include anything from punching a wall or saying something to someone that you regret later. Uh, self-harm could be critical thinking or, um, you know, belittling yourself or others. Self-harm really is open to interpretation, and you get to think about what's helpful or harmful to you and your individual values. So urge surfing is important because it's going to be really useful when we are in those rock and a hard place situations and we're tempted to use maladaptive coping mechanisms and we're looking for other ways to uh, reduce suffering in that moment. So let's think a little bit more about it. What is what is urge surfing? Urge surfing combines different mindfulness and DBT concepts that we've talked about on the show. So if you haven't gone back and listened to some of the previous episodes, such as what is mindfulness or opposite action, um, you might want to just pick and choose some of those episodes based on some of the concepts we talked about today. But if you've listened to any of those past episodes, something that might sound familiar to you, or if you've practiced any kind of mindfulness before, is this idea that mindfulness teaches us, which is the difference between pain and suffering. I know the first time I learned that, it was really just an aha moment to even think about the fact that there is a difference. And mindfulness helps us understand that. So Mindfulness says that pain is a fact of life. You know, over the course of your life, you will have at different times physical pain, financial pain, emotional pain, family crises will happen. And mindfulness helps us remember that those are facts of life. They hurt. Suffering, on the other hand, is something different. It is an action that you take. Mindfulness says that suffering is our response to pain. Think about that for a moment. It's something that we add to. So what are some examples of that? Uh, You might be upset that um, someone didn't clean the dishes after they said they would. And you have some choices of how to respond to that. Suffering might be thinking about, oh, what a jerk, and 
um, not being able to remember that person's positive qualities or uh, maybe not contributing to the relationship and not investing in that relationship. That could produce suffering. So it's kind of like suffering is that adding insult to injury is one way of thinking about it. But we suffer all the time, don't we? We have critical thoughts. We make judgments. We wish things were a different way when reality acceptance teaches us to look at what is. So that's one of the concepts that we're really playing around with when we talk about what is urge surfing. One of the important concepts that we're playing with is reality acceptance. Surfing the urge to change the reality in front of you for something just a little bit better, however people seek that kind of relief. Urge surfing channels a kind of acceptance, even if it only lasts for a moment, maybe it lasts for a minute, maybe you get to a place of more profound acceptance, but it's surfing the urge to change things as they are and look at the reality that is. And part of that acceptance Part of that mindfulness that we're looking at, hopefully one of the first things we're looking at, is mindfulness to emotion. So if you're having the urge to do something, let's say you're having the urge to smoke a cigarette or eat all of the chocolate cake in the world or break up with someone or thoughts of hurting yourself, that urge, it's like a spiking temperature for stress. And it comes at the very end of a whole sequence of events. So you've probably heard this before, but people definitely tell me all the time, it's like I go from zero to 60 in no time. And what mindfulness teaches us when we look at strong urges to do anything that we, you know, that would cause harm, something we don't want to do, we have to remember that, yes, it feels like zero to 60. And yet, if we slow down and pay attention, we will notice that, yes, there's a 60, there's also 59, 58, 57, 56, 55, going back to zero. So not, not that it's easy, but mindfulness to emotion is one of these DBT skills that teaches us over and over again how to go back and pay attention to our experience, which does include our emotional experience. And as we've talked about before, those emotions, they are survival instincts and they are designed to keep you safe. And we do want to listen to them. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. When you pay attention to urges, you're paying attention to the underlying emotion. And I'm not saying that mindfulness to emotion is not saying that you're going to let the emotion drive the bus. That's where urge surfing is going to help us. But for us to surf anything, it is really helpful to know, 
you know, are these choppy waters? Is this smooth sailing? Are you even going to catch a wave today? You have to know what you're dealing with. So one of the basic skills here that we're talking about, it's, you know, basic. Again, not that it's easy because most people do not know how to do this. And most cultures do not teach us how to do this. Can you name the emotion that you're having? If you're having a really strong urge to do something, can you name what is that feeling that's bursting out of you? Is it panic? Is it envy? Is it rage? Is it grief? Is it disappointment? Part of that slowing down zero to 60, can you name that emotion that is trying to drive the bus. That is a skill. And along with that mindfulness, can you also pay attention to what what are the urges that come with that emotion? We know that emotions are functional. We know that emotions are designed to keep you safe. We know that emotions can go on hyperdrive. Part of your brain was designed uh, when lions, tigers, and bears were daily threats. And now we live in a modern age where uh, we have different kinds of threats. And so for us to respond appropriately, to be responsive, we need to know what we're dealing with. So we know that every emotion has action urges attached to it. So if you feel disappointed, What are the urges that come with that? How, what's that gut punch reaction that you have? And then DBT teaches us all kinds of motivational enhancement strategies that really help us get in touch with our our core values and what's important to us. When we look at the action urges that come in a crisis or in a moment of stress, we do have to ask ourselves, you know, does that work? Does that work for me? Is that going to make the situation better? Right? So when you're dealing with urges, you might want to look at pros and cons of acting on those urges. If you go back to the Motivation Boosters podcast episode um, earlier in the feed, you'll hear me talk all about the research on behavior change and boosting that intrinsic motivation that we all have. And the research shows that if you just simply sit down and write down the pros and cons of a certain behavior, you'll notice uh, an intrinsic motivation kind of bubble up and point you in one direction or another. And that's worth paying attention to. So again, urge surfing, we're combining a lot of different skills here. So when you have the strong urge to do something that is, a you know, DBT says that's a crisis situation, whether, you know, it's Um, you know, getting the rent in on time or saying the right thing or asking for a raise. A crisis isn't always necessarily life or death, but it can feel like, you know, quality of life threatening and and, um, big risks at, at stake. So part of what we're practicing with urge surfing is 
Again, that zero to 60, just slowing it down and paying attention. I want to make this really real and practical for you. So let's go ahead and practice some urge surfing together so that we can even see what we're talking about here. And the way that we're going to do it, we're going to instigate a little bit of pain by doing something intentionally uncomfortable. And you have a couple choices here. Uh, When I do these in workshop presentations, I always give people a couple different ways to do it. One of the ways that I offer them, if you're in a, a space where you can do this and you have wall, a you know, a blank wall that you can stand against, this is the way that I'll be practicing it with you, is to do a one-minute wall sit. And what we will do as we urge surf together, paying attention to the emotions that we experience along the way and the action urges that we notice along the way, we're going to urge surf for a full minute. This is a different skill than, you know, say, improve the moment and trying to make things better. This is an acceptance-based skill. So I don't know how you are used to doing wall sits back at the gym or at home. Maybe you pump up the Justin Bieber or you think positive thoughts like, I think I can, I think I can. I don't know how you usually do it. This might feel a little bit different. And of course, I want you to listen to your body and adapt a position that does not feel harmful in your body. And if you need to pause and uh, contact your doctor first to make sure that you are approved for this exercise, that's fine. When you are ready, what you will do is you you will put your back against the wall um, and you can even Google wall sit if you want to have a good picture of, of alignment on this, but The way I did it in gym class was you put your knees um, bent at a 90-degree angle and you keep your back against the wall, almost like you're seated on an invisible chair. And You don't have to do this just yet because I'll give you a couple different adaptations if you want to pick another one. But what we will do for the next minute is simply to observe that sensation of pain. And I, you know, rather than pumping up the music or thinking some positive thought, what I want you to actually practice is mindfulness to that experience and for one minute to notice the sensations, what it feels like in your thighs, what it feels like in your legs and your feet and your breathing. And with that, pay attention to any action urges that you have. Do you have the desire to get up and run away and this is not what I signed up for, or this is silly, or I can't do it. And for the next minute, you will practice observing what that feels like. I promised you a couple other options. So, you know, we are practicing urge surfing here. So if you wanted to urge surf another way, you could grab a couple of ice cubes and hold them for a minute and feel what that sensation feels like as long as you don't have a heart condition, because that's the one uh, contraindication when you're not supposed to play with ice. Um, You could also practice this as social awkwardness exposure and make a funny face in a public place 
if you're feeling really adventurous. So you could practice this with pain or even that kind of social setup. So get yourself set up to do that. Okay, now that you are set up, you have found either a space of wall where you can lean against the wall with your back and have your knees bent at a 90 degree angle and your feet firmly grounded on the floor, adapting as needed so as not to cause harm to your body, or picking another posture that feels uncomfortable, such as an awkward face in a public setting. Now, for the next minute, Know that I'll be in charge of time and I'll track that for you, but for 60 seconds, we will just sit in this posture and notice what it feels like to be here. So I'm setting the timer now. Go ahead and get your attention ready. Take a couple of deep breaths, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, and breathing out anchoring your attention, settling into the body. Notice how it feels to take position, any initial waves of discomfort and where you locate that sensation in the body, whether it's a physical or emotional sensation. Notice how that sensation of discomfort rises and falls over the course of the minute, gently bringing your attention back to the body over and over. The end. That is the end of one minute. You can come back to standing or sitting or any other position that feels comfortable to you. And if we were here together, I would ask you, tell me the story of that minute. I would ask you what it felt like to even go into one minute of standing in an uncomfortable position or one minute of making an awkward face in a social setting, how it felt to even try that. And I'd, I would ask you, did you have any stories that you were telling yourself about what that experience would feel like of, oh, I can do it. It's no big deal. Or, oh my gosh, this is going to be awful. And then I would ask you, what was that minute like compared to that story? Was it exactly what you thought or different in any way or boringly neutral, any of the above? Did you have urges to run away? Did you notice any emotions or action urges that came up? And could you surf those urges to do anything different and continue the invitation 
to mindfully observe the experience for what it is. That is urge surfing. Observing the urge to do anything and mindfully anchoring your attention where you want to have it. That is my invitation for you. It is to think about your routines, your habits, the things that trigger you and provoke you and trigger strong feelings. And I invite you to think about the urges that you have, whether you like them or don't like them, have strong feelings, think you should have them. You don't have to, you can let go of all of those judgments and just, just notice those urges. And if you feel moved to do so, you can play around with this idea of urge surfing and see what it feels like to respond to that strong feeling that you have with uh, whatever self-care feels right to you. And that might mean combining other strategies that we've talked about before, like improve the moment or self-care and self-soothing or connection and relationships. And just notice the urge to do something another way. And if you feel like being extra mindful, you can surf that urge. Thank you for listening today. It was a pleasure uh, urge surfing with you. And uh, my clients are constantly teaching me all the different ways to urge surf. And I look forward to hearing how you are practicing the skills in your life. So feel free to reach out at therapyforreallife.com. You'll find all kinds of self-care resources and self-care listicles on there. And you can also schedule with me. If you are in California, you can schedule a video counseling session. Or if you're in the Bay Area, you can come see me in person at my Oakland and San Francisco offices. Have a great day and have a wonderful time urge surfing. Mm -hmm.